That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Get your ashes, get your ashes, put them on your face. It's an ash party. So, uh, uh, geez, maybe, um, you know, Ash Wednesday, um, as a, um, I don't know, as a person of deep faith in New York City, especially being a priester, I, I approach Ash Wednesday with a whole uh, lot of baggage and uh, mixed emotions. And uh, I think maybe we should begin by talking a little bit about Ash Wednesday and then we, uh, and the meaning of it, and uh, then we can jump into it. Because today, I don't know what's going on in Waco, Texas on Ash Wednesday, but in New York City, like Baptists are doing Ash Wednesday and uh, non denom people like historically that have been repelled by such things are doing Ash Wednesday, and which I think is great. But there's all, but we also have ashes to go, which drives me crazy. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean to be on a rant, but I just, you know, maybe we should, should we drop that and just start over and uh, talk about like, no, I think we're good. I think we've hit, I think we've hit a vein. I mean, there's a part of me that just wants to leave a piece of charcoal outside my church and say, do it yourself. And (laughs) DIY ashes. We've taken ashes to go to the next level. I think I'm going to do that next year. (laughs) I think I'm going to do that this year. I'm just going to put a big chunk of charcoal out of my church and be like, do it yourself. Ask yourself. Yeah, so I think, Jake... Because, well, the people have been coming into my church and they're like, hey, man, I just want to get done. Yeah. Like, literally, somebody, like, did that. It was like, just need the little, you know, get done. And I was like, well, we got a service start. Yeah, that's the noise he literally made. It was like... And I was like... Uh, I'm going to give it to you just because you whistled. So anyway, but um, I it is a it's a mixed thing. You know, you got you got people hanging out at train stations and in parking lots, giving it away. You got people mixing it with glitter and, uh, you know, because it's just so negative. What what are your thoughts on Ash Wednesday, Aaron? What is the meaning and why do we do it? Well, we are a few we're like a day out from doing our little um virtual same old song event so by the time this is uh this episode is dropped uh the that will be in the past but one thing i'm thinking about as i as you asked me that question is based on seeing the people who've registered for that event which is tomorrow as we're recording how many people listen to the show who are not episcopalians or not anglicans or not part of any historically sacramental uh tradition and so many of you may be doing ash wednesday uh but just know that even in the Episcopal Church, the observance of Ash Wednesday with the imposition of ashes on the forehead is relatively new, historically speaking. The 1928 prayer book, which is which was the one before the one we have now, the 1979 book, didn't actually, for its Ash Wednesday service, did not impose ashes. And the reading that is read from the Gospel of Matthew typically is the one that says, don't put ashes on your face. And so now we have the situation where we 
we put ashes and then we read about Jesus saying not to do it. And then we go and do it, which I think is a great illustration of the human condition. But I think just know that, uh, like many things, it's got a evolving history. I think if you do it, uh, great. If you don't do it, great. Just make sure you talk to your people about why you're doing ashes, and that if you do offer the imposition of ashes in your church, especially if it's a tradition, if you are a Baptist or a non-denominational person or um, uh, some sort of Reformed tradition that has not typically offered the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday, you want to make sure you give your people the freedom not to do it, um, and that you explain why if they do it, it, they don't get more righteous. If they don't do it, they don't get more righteous. Uh, just know that there is sort of freedom around this. And so when we offer ashes at St. Albans Episcopal Church in Waco, Texas, we most people do come forward for the imposition of ashes, but we, um, we, I always make sure to have those little like, you know what they give you at the Red Lobster when you order the lobster? Uh, they give you the little, uh, the, the wet naps, the moist towelettes. We always make sure we have some of those in the back of the church in case people want to wipe it off after they're done. Like, you, you don't... You don't get more points by keeping it on your head all day long. Uh, it's great. Again, I think there's some freedom around this. The other thing that I would say is, um, so I, I, I'm very conflicted on the ashes to go. Uh, I know many churches that do it and many people that because of it, it's gotten people to come back to church. So the Lord uses it all the time. Because the Lord yeah. uses all kinds of crazy things people do all the time. I will say one of the things I think you lose in Ashes to Go is the a kind of understanding of what this is all about. The setting the, connect, the tone, yeah. Yeah, the, the hearing the scriptures read, praying the prayers together. I think you lose a lot of that. But, you know, hey, yeah. it's a dying world and Jesus is determined to redeem it. And so if you do Ashes to Go, he will absolutely use that uh, that impulse as well. Um, I, we've, and we've the charcoal it, hanging on a string, though, too. That's but, uh, right. No, oh, I think... Uh, yeah, it's like soap I on a rope. A couple of things I really... I mean, I do, as I do love the liturgy of Ash Wednesday in the 79 prayer book. I think it calls to... It roots uh, the history of Ash Wednesday and the tradition in the Catholic tradition that we're a part of, and uh, it sets our minds in a right place, a place of repentance, and uh, the reminder of our mortality. Uh, but when we make the sign of the ash, please do not put a star on someone's head. Uh, please don't put just a dot. We make the sign of the cross on someone's forehead in mm. order to remind them that while indeed we are mortal, uh, and uh, that it is that bad, uh, the cross shines in the midst of it all and is there as a symbol of redemption to redeem us and raise us from the dead. Uh, the ashes were traditionally made from the Palm Sunday palms of the previous year where yep. uh, we're reminded that all of our alleluias and our ideas of the God and Messiah and what should be right go right up in smoke. And so those become our ashes historically. And... Um, and so in those traditions, I think it's very, very beautiful. Um, uh, and uh, for the sake of also, I agree with you, washing it off, uh, using a wet cloth, or maybe get your face in the faucet and wash it off. And remember that you've been baptized because God doesn't uh, mess you up at all. And he doesn't sully you. Uh, he makes you clean. And uh, and so that's those are the positive things with Ash Wednesday. I think Ash Wednesday becomes a real problem when it increases our piety. Uh, you know, at least in New York, we've got a lot of people who want to get it done really quick so they can have a little longer lunch break. And, you know, in that regard, it doesn't help you one bit. 
But I do think there is something powerful. Uh, so, I mean, this is just a day filled with simil justus et peccator. Uh, it is a day when I love in the, in the sense that when I walk out on the street and I see all of these people with their heads smudged with the cross, it's such a witness to Jesus, whether they know it or not. And uh, yeah. God, like you said, um, uh, in the ashes to go and in the people wanting an extended lunch break is at work. And uh, and in and in my own self-righteous heart that just beats really loudly on Ash Wednesday, it, it reminds us that God is at work despite ourselves. And so uh, uh, with that being said, our if. Yeah, that's those are our th- those are my thoughts on Ash Wednesday. I love it, love it, love it, love it, and just one don't like it. It's not a hate; it's just a don't like. But anyway, yeah, that's mixed my bag, thoughts. mixed emotions. Mixed uh, well, let's talk about these readings really quickly. I will say, find a prayer book if you don't have one, and read the Collect or go online at BCP Online or wherever you get your prayer yeah, book online. The Collect so is unbelievable. But just in the interest of time. Let's uh, talk, by the way, and the collect will give you a great outline for a sermon for Lent. And I think that's actually one thing that's important to say about Ash Wednesday, and the reason to offer it is that it is the beginning of Lent. Lent doesn't begin on a Sunday, um, and it's, uh, yeah, I think it's important liturgically if you're a congregation that will w- walk through Lent to have Ash Wednesday to talk about what this season is about. And again, the whole service is really wonderful and explains the whole deal, and it's a time to get right with the Lord in preparation for Easter. So the resurrection is in view, and, and that's an important thing to say. So the the readings that we have, you have options for the Old Testament. It's a Joel reading or an Isaiah reading. We're going to talk, some of the themes are the same. We're going to talk about this Isaiah reading because it's one that a lot of people want to use uh to talk about social justice, which mm-hmm. is a relevant point, but not the main point, uh, I think, for Lent. But Jake, what do you want to say about that? Well, I just want to say really quick, the Joel reading, if you're going to preach on the Joel reading really quick, hit on the questions in uh, on the lectionary page, paragraph two and uh, paragraph four. You know, who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him? Well, we know because he sent his son Jesus to die, and the mark on our cro- the mark on our head is a testimony to the fact that he's gracious and merciful. And uh, you know, let them say, "Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations." Why should it be said among the peoples, "Where is their God?" Uh, now, you may not believe in this God, but everybody in the world knows that in Jesus, God, um, a God, has done something and For- uh, is present with his people right where they're at. For those of you that don't just read the Bible on the lectionary page, but have an actual Bible, the verse that Jake is referring to <laughs> is not the second page. It's verse 14 of chapter 2 of the book of Joel. Yeah. All right. Praise so God. the Isaiah passage, um, the again, this is a longer reading, and many people do pick it because uh, it gives preachers an opportunity to talk about social justice, which is very important and deeply important to God. The people not be oppressed, that the poor not be taken advantage of. Um, And so there's a thing in here about, you know, you want to do some spiritual work here to fasting or whatever, but the real thing that I want to see, the real fast is loosing the bonds of injustice and letting the oppressed go free, which is good and right and true. And we should talk about it. However, I will say to you preachers, if people come to your church on Ash Wednesday and all they hear is a message about social justice, which is good and important to talk about, but they never hear anything about themselves, and th- then you've you've not helped them. On, because for many people that are coming to churches, uh, not everybody, but for many people, whatever causes out there in the world, 
they want to see addressed. Those are somewhat abstract. And even people who are affected by the injustices in the world still have their own sin to deal with before God. And you want to make sure that you don't keep this abstract, and you don't keep this at a remove, and you don't keep this about massive societal problems, as important as those are. You definitely want to talk about uh, our own standing before God as individuals and what that means. So um, so I, I just want to kind of begin with that. Anything you would add to the Isaiah uh, passage here? No, I mean... Um... I think you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it does, by the way, the other thing I would say is this is consistent in all the readings, is that human beings often make religious observance about our own righteousness. And the Isaiah passage that Joel, had, like, like, do you think God cares about you being all super holy and pious and getting ashes on your head? No. Um, and... That, that that kind of looking at what is the motivation of what you're doing, what's at the heart of what you're doing, asking that question, that's a really uh, key theme in all these readings. And if you and the thing is, there's no right answer. If you um, say, well, I'm not going to put ashes on my head because it's self-righteous and it's, it's this weird, you know, superstitious thing, I'm not going to do it. It's not in the Bible, I'm not going to do it. Uh, then you have your self-righteousness and now you're a sinner. If you do get the ashes and you're like, oh, look how pious I am, I got the ashes, then you're self-righteous and you're sinner. So there's no right answer necessarily in that. I, Just know that that's one of the points of Lent is to reveal that whether you do or whether you don't, uh, you're a human being who will always be egocentric and kind of proud of yourself and all that. Jake? Well, I do want to hit on this, and it goes back to kind of one of the, some of the themes we've talked about in the past, especially along the line with John the Baptist. Um, uh Ash Wednesday is not about generating your own righteousness and now what are you going to do for God? Um, Ash Wednesday begins with what God has done with who you are and you are not any of this in Isaiah. I mean, no matter like your purest and best day, you are not any of these people. You're not a repairer of the breach. And so you cannot begin there on Ash Wednesday. Uh, You need to begin with confession and how you have contributed to the mess out in the world. And then a savior who has saved you. And then you can, because Ash Wednesday then becomes this thing all about weird spiritual practices. I've given up TikTok for 40 days. I've given up chocolate for 40 days. And you're like, oh, God's up there like, damn, thank you. No, it's not. (laughs) TikTok, really? Get that guy a halo. No, it's like, but then like, it's like, this is what like life begins to look like. This is a sanctified life. This is what God actually begins to do through you when you realize who you are and what God has done for it opens your eyes to something. And then, you know, finally, the, the, and it says this several times in this passage, then your light shall break forth like a dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Not only uh, because your vindicator shall go before you. Um, your Ooh, Jake's going to call from his from his. Uh, no, that. it's uh, it's from uh, some sort of uh, group in Western Pennsylvania trying to sell me auto insurance. But anyway, <laughs> so but I totally lost my train of thought. But it's like this sh- light shines forth and 
like the dawn, and your hearing shall spring quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. This is how we move in this sanctified life, with the cross before us and the cross behind us. It says again, then your Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in the parched places. The light shall rise in the darkness. It's all about God going before you and God going behind you. And that's what Ash Wednesday is all about. Um, Recognizing how wretched you are, how great the salvation actually is, and what you've been redeemed from and having our eyes open to the real needs in the world. That's right. And uh, it's, um, I think, the other thing that that you can talk about, because the liturgy does a lot of this, is the reality of death and how uh, that impacts your perspective on life. Because if you remember what the, the words that are said on when the ashes are imposed upon the person's forehead, remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return, which is a complete dismantling of the whole human project, whatever empire you're building, mm. whether it's in your family or your job or your side hustle or whatever it is, remember that you're dust. It's sort of a sense that there's a meaninglessness of of almost everything mm-hmm. and uh, a futility of human existence in almost every sphere. And what really matters is your relationship with God, which is where we come in this Second Corinthians reading. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Mm. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the most important thing. In light of your the reality of your death, the reality of your mortality and your humanity, um, this is the most important thing. And so, which is me just saying what you said, Jake, and another thing. But I think that the emphasis on mortality is a big part of what Lent is about mm-hmm. and acknowledging your own death. And Paul then goes on to talk about all these ways that he is sort of being crushed by life, having these deaths, uh, mini deaths along the way. And and this is this another great um, benefit of really leaning into a Lenten observance is that the church in many of its incarnations these days is trying to project this image of like shiny happy people and Lent is a whole 40 days of being like life is really crappy sometimes Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean God has abandoned you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Paul gives the list not of how great things are going but how terrible things are going and that's and Jesus is there too. So that's another thing you can talk about. Death and and suffering. And essentially he articulates what the ash is on his forehead. You know, yeah. uh, when you preach this, we're treated as imposters, and yet we're true, as unknown, and yet are well-known, as dying and see we are... that. I mean, he, he is speaking about the ash on his forehead, and uh, he is speaking about life as it's actually lived. Um, yep. and, uh, and, and that's, you know, and, uh, and the, the final thing is the most important, as having nothing, yet possessing yeah. everything, because we have been given all the greatest gift in the world, and that's forgiveness in Jesus' name. Um, And man, that opens you up to your neighbors. Yep. And finally, we come to this reading in Matthew, again, which is always the reading. uh, It's from the Sermon on the Mount, and it is something that that the the gospeler reads, that when you when you fast and do pious things, you should not look dismal, and then we go put ashes on our head. We we look dismal. And I think... um, the this this passage gets to the human condition 
Um, and I think it also reminds us of our mortality, uh, again, uh, because it talks about treasures in heaven versus the things that we think matter on earth. And, but I think if, if I were, uh, I'll close here. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit here because I have a lot of thoughts because Lent has a lot of angles. But I think hopefully, listener, you've taken some angles that you can talk about if you're preaching on Ash Wednesday. Uh, but I would say this, keep it short, keep it uh, heavy, mm-hmm. and and talk about grace. Mm-hmm. And if there, I, I would say find one thing to say and preach for about eight minutes. And yeah. one thing you can say is how Jesus refers to his father in this passage over and over. The name that Jesus uses for the father is the one who sees in secret, who is mm-hmm. in secret and sees in secret. And the word there is one that should give you kind of pause, that should be convicting, like he saw what I did last summer or whatever, uh, or who I really am. He sees what's in my heart. He sees the anxiety. He sees the doubt. He sees the horrible judgmentalness I have towards people. I am so critical, Jake. I got to tell you, I've been thinking lately how critical I am. And, uh, you know, God sees all that. And um, even Mm. if you present a nice face on the outside and bite your tongue and don't say the critical thing, it's still inside you. So God sees all that. And if that's who God is, that should be terrifying. But then, again, we have Jesus uh, who makes plain who God is and shows him to be one who's compassionate and loving mm. and who forgives. So, uh, anyways, that's that's my final thing I want to say about Ash Wednesday. That's really Anything good. Anything you would add to that, Jake? Um, well, I would, uh, I would take an angle as well. Well, first of all, when you were talking about the father who sees in secret, I kept thinking of this scene from Righteous Gemstones, which is loaded with so many sermon illustrations that you can never use in a pulpit, but it's so, so good. But anyway, um, I uh, well, just... thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> tell you on a bonus feature sometimes. So anyway, but um, uh, the thing that I would say too is, is that the idea of how God actually works really comes out. And so often we think it's about the outside defining the in. And, uh, you know, and so we think that this ash on our head on the outside of us is defining who we are on the inside. But what uh, Jesus speaks about is um, how God actually works and what he's looking for. And that's the inside out and how he takes care of us. And he cleanses our hearts and cleanses us from the inside out. And so therefore, um, as opposed to the hypocrites who um, are wearing the cross with the sign of piety, um, the, the, cro- the, the cross of ash actually reflects uh, who we are and the good work that God is doing in our lives to clean us from the inside out, to justify us, that we might be these people who actually serve justice and uh, might be these people who can endure all sorts of trials because indeed we know every day we wake up, today is an acceptable day for salvation. Today, to quote Neil Diamond. (laughs) God bless you as you preach for Ash Wednesday. Amen. Somebody's looking, somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him, but three days later, will the stone got rolled away. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.